on last week's episode of Isolated But Not Alone, we discussed grief during the holidays. And on this week's episode, we're going to kind of continue with that. Because grief is not the only thing that can lead to depression, anxiety, substance misuse, and abuse. There are other things during the holiday seasons that can cause this. Things like lack of time, financial pressure, gift giving, and gathering with our families. And a lot of this comes from an excellent article that I read recently from the Harvard Medical School on how to prepare yourself for the holidays. According to the American Psychological Association, 38% of people who were surveyed said their stress increases during the holiday season. The National Alliance on Mental Illness stated that 64% of individuals living with mental illness felt that their conditions get worse around the holidays. So on this week's episode, we're going to identify five different issues that can cause you stress during the holidays. So stay tuned. Hi, this is James Raines, and you're listening to Isolated But Not Alone, a podcast that seeks to bring mental health awareness to rural and isolated communities. I just wanted to take this time to let you know that this and other content produced by James Raines is not therapy and is not intended to be therapy or to replace therapy. Nothing in this podcast indicates or creates a therapeutic relationship. Please consult with your therapist or seek one in your area if you are experiencing any type of mental health symptoms. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as specific life advice, and it is simply for the purpose of education. All right, welcome back to Isolated But Not Alone. On last week's episode, we discussed grief during the holidays and how that can have a significant impact on how we experience both joy and sorrow during this time of celebration. On this week's episode, we're going to kind of continue talking about the holidays. And I kind of want to make it clear because I don't know if I have on any of the previous podcasts. This podcast is not geared towards increasing the knowledge of people who are already in the field. For example, This podcast does not exist to increase the knowledge and learning of other therapists, though it might. This podcast exists to help promote mental health in rural and isolated communities. Communities where large portions of the population have had no experience seeking mental health services and may have an understanding of mental health services based on the experiences of others or... Um, from media and television, which may or may not be accurate. And one of the things that we see is struggles during the holiday season. And I just want to talk about the basics of that to kind of illuminate the more simple yet complex nature of problems that are common during the holidays. So there can be lots of different problems besides grief on the holidays. One of the first things I want to discuss is lacking of holiday spirit. Maybe you've experienced this one where folks are calling you a downer, you're too negative, you don't have the holiday spirit. And I feel like many of us have met that individual who is gusto, 
who is aggressive with their holiday spirit. And I'm reminded here in the United States, especially in rural and isolated communities in the Midwest, folks who have intense Christmas decorations, right? Where you walk past the yard and maybe a big giant blow up snowman accidentally punches you in the face, right? Because there's so many of them in one yard, there's no room for them. So they're kind of skirting the sidewalk. Or so many Christmas lights that it makes you wonder what their power bill is going to be in the next month. This year, I think of our library and I want to praise our local librarian. She does an amazing job. I think she's probably one of the most underrated people who work for our city or for our town. And one of the talents that she provides locally is very creative and expressive holiday decorations. In fact, I went into the library recently and I, and I said to them, I said, you know, it looks like Christmas exploded in here. And so we've all met those people who are really excited about the holidays and they get really invested. And we've been around folks who are very excited and experienced cheer at a different level than we do, right? They might not be 100% Christmas. They might not be exploding with holiday spirit but they are extra cheering, right? And that can be stigmatizing when people don't feel that in return. And I just want to say the pressure to be like social, the pressure to be social, happy, and in the present can make it difficult to talk or to speak up when we don't. And I've experienced that when you're in a bad mood or a depressed mood, things are not going well for you. You get that really cheery person in your life and they want you to be happy. They might not say that, but they're going to do whatever it takes to elevate your mood, regardless if you want it or not. And that can feel horrible. And I've been in situations where folks, you, you tell them, like, I'm not in the mood. I'm, I'm in a bad mood and this is upsetting me more. And they double down, right? They're like, no, man, I'm going to bring you up. I'm going to do whatever it takes. We can understand that we don't need to force ourselves to be happy. It's okay to acknowledge feelings that aren't joyful, that aren't happy. Not everybody feels this way. It's okay to understand that other people do not feel happiness during the holiday seasons. And not to try to force people, not to try to interact with them, to try to change their mood. But we also need to avoid kind of numbing, avoiding feelings, because that's going to make things worse. Another thing that can happen is we can feel pressure to participate when we don't want to. Holidays and families are really good at this. We all have our own stories when it comes to the holidays. We all have our dreams about how the holidays are supposed to be. I always think of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which is one of my all-time favorite Christmas movies, and I try every year to watch it. And in that, Chevy Chase's character, Clark Griswold, is trying to create his personal dream of how he envisions Christmas. And that can be dangerous. And if you've seen the movie, you can understand how that can spiral out of control very quickly. And if you haven't seen the movie, I highly recommend watching it to kind of see some of the comedy behind our best attempts to make fiction reality or to make our fantasies come true. We can be so caught up in trying to make our dream a reality 
and not have it be that way. We need to have more authentic expectations for ourselves and for others. We can also get stressed out about giving gifts. It's that time of the year where capitalism is very strong within the United States, for example. I think of Black Friday. One thing I noticed this year, maybe you noticed it, maybe you didn't. You know, you got Black Friday. You've got Cyber Monday. And then recently, within the last maybe decade or so, there's been Giving Tuesday. And usually, even up to last year, I've kind of experienced, you know, the explosion of emails that you get in reference to the holidays for you to buy things. So-and-so has a deal you cannot refuse. 20,000% off. $10 off plus 20% off plus 60% off. You know, use this coupon in addition with your credit card, in addition with this flyer to get the best Christmas gift ever. But then there's been this Giving Tuesday, an opportunity for you to give back and be generous. But what I noticed this year was I got the Black Friday explosion of emails and visual reminders. I got the same for Cyber Monday. But this year, unlike the years previous, I didn't really get any emails or very little emails about Giving Tuesday. And I found that to be very significant. I haven't quite wrapped my mind around it. Maybe you've experienced this. Maybe you haven't. But this is the time of year when we kind of see those things happening that increase to give and to get more than maybe throughout the rest of the year. And with that, there is expectations. Expectations to be generous. Expectations to give the right gift. And that can be stressful. That can be extremely stressful. And you can manage that. You can set up boundaries for yourself in that. You could give the perfect gift and someone still may not like it. You could re-gift something that was given to you that you think is horrific and somebody might absolutely love it. You could not spend any money and provide a unique, creative gift of love. You can be generous without buying or spending. But if you don't have a plan, this time of the year can really catch us off guard and we're inundated with all these messages. Buy, 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 save, 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 give, give, give. And that's hard to combat if we don't have a plan. We also have the issue of seasonal changes, especially here in the Midwest. Also, it's dark and cold. Maybe not if you live on a tropical island someplace, but for all the rest of us, in the United States at least, it's cold. It's dark. There is environmental changes which can lead to increased symptoms of depression, for example. That's why I have a happy light. I don't use it as much as I should. Maybe maybe that's probably why I'm not as happy as I should be. Because direct sunlight and exposure to sunlight does have an impact on our mood. Another thing that can really affect us during this time of the year is just being alone. That can be enhanced during this time of cheerfulness and celebration when we don't have anybody to celebrate with. And that can look lots of different ways. You can be completely surrounded by people and inside feel alone. So it's not necessarily how many people you have around you, though that can be an issue as well. What I mean by that is you might be single. And the holiday seasons when you see couples getting together and celebrating can be sad and depressing for you. Or maybe you're a widow or a widower. And like we've discussed in the past, you're dealing with the grief of the loss of a loved one. Or maybe you don't have family. Or maybe your family feels alien to you. And you don't feel like you can connect with them. And even when you're surrounded by them, 
you feel alone and isolated. Maybe like me, you live in a rural and isolated community and you're just not able to connect as much with the people that you love in your life. I remember when we lived in a remote island off the coast of Alaska, one of the interview questions they asked in every job I've ever had there was, how would you deal with the loss of a parent or the loss of a significant loved one where you were trapped on the island and you could not get to their funeral? Because that was a legitimate question for them to ask to kind of determine where you are or where you were with that. Because there have been occasions and times when you could get trapped on the island for an extended period of time and not be able to go to important events. How would you address that? How would you deal with that? How would you overcome the feeling of aloneness and isolation then? The last thing I want to talk about is something I also see can become an issue during the holidays is we get so focused on the holidays or on others that we lose focus on taking care of ourselves. We need to be actively participating in self-care. The website verywellmind.com has a really interesting definition of self-care that I really enjoy. It says self-care is defined as a multidimensional, multifaceted process of purposeful engagement and strategies that promote healthy functioning and enhance well-being. It goes on to say an intentional act that people take in order to promote their own physical, mental, and emotional health. And they say it can take many forms, which on a different podcast we'll talk more in depth about. We need to be taking care of ourselves, and we need to do so with purpose and intentionality. And I've participated in religious groups and evangelical groups that seem to think that self-care is something that is bad, that is something that is harmful. I remember going to a very strict seminary where the thought of taking care of yourself was evil. That's all I could describe it. It was evil. Taking care of yourself was selfish, and it was anti-God. And now, luckily, after years of maturity, <laughs> I realized that is backwards thinking in its most clear form. Because how can one minister and be present with others when there's nothing in the tank? If we're not taking care of ourselves, we cannot take care of others. And in my history and experience, I believe this is one of many factors that have resulted in the uptake of various ministerial crimes our ministerial issues, for example, infidelity, pastors who watch pornography, pastors who are participating in sexual offenses against the members of their flock or congregation, and many other types of offenses like spiritual abuse. And we see that in other areas of our life and have no issue with that. But when it came to self-care that was mental, spiritual, and emotional, that's when there was a problem. And what I mean by that is nobody says don't take care of your physical health. Like if you have a really bad illness or injury, nobody is going, just walk it off. Don't care about that. Go help other people. Like it doesn't make any sense, right? It's not selfish, right, or evil 
to help heal your body if you've had a physical injury or a physical ailment. But somehow people get off on these kind of tangents, and I'm not meaning to like isolate or judge people in any way, but I've experienced it where they get off on tangents and disconnect the holistic nature of us as human beings and say, this is evil to take care of your mental health or to utilize medications for mental health, but it's not evil to utilize medications for your physical health. And when you think through the complexities of those statements, what perceptions and core values and beliefs those must be coming out of, it seems very contrary and disconnected. To say it's okay to take care of physical body through whatever means are necessary as prescribed by a medical professional, but there's distrust against doing the same with a mental health practitioner or professional. It's okay to trust medicine when it comes to your physical body, but not for the mind and for your mental health. And it, it seems disconnected because people will say, oh, you got to take care of your spiritual health, but don't be selfish about it. <laughs> it's like, well, which one is it? Because every spiritual discipline is self-care. And I'm not going to get too much into that. If you're listening and you're kind of come from the world of evangelical Christianity, I want you to think about that thought, is that all spiritual disciplines are a form of self-care. And so during these times of the holidays, it can be very, very, very difficult to navigate the complexities that exist around us, to experience the holidays, and maybe to experience joy, or just to experience what we're experiencing, and to be honest and authentic about it. And despite how we're feeling, to take care of ourselves, to practice self-care. So again, thank you for listening. Please take your time to comment, to share, to like, to do all the things that people with very robust social uh, presences do on social media. All right. Have a good holiday and take care. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast enough to share it with friends and family and reach out with any questions you might have about mental health. And we will do our best in future shows to answer those questions. And remember, it might feel like you're isolated, and maybe you are, but you're not alone.